Long history. Sir Walter Raleigh's The Discovery of Guyana, Part 7. Amazonian women and Berreo's search for El Dorado. Hello everyone and welcome to Long History. Sit back or settle in with those headphones and let's get going. At Long History we take source documents from history and split them up into chunks of around 10 minutes. Each episode should be standalone, but if you want you can string them all together and listen to a full document from history. The document we're looking at at the moment is a bit eccentric. It's Sir Walter Raleigh's search for the legendary El Dorado. Sir Walter Raleigh himself wrote this document. And this is episode 7 of an 18-part series, so the first six episodes are just a few taps and clicks away. And don't forget to subscribe to be informed of the release of the other parts of this document. As we begin this episode, Raleigh is sailing up the Orinoco River. However, he's interrupted his own narratives with some tall tales of previous explorations of the area. He's been giving us accounts of men who have seen El Dorado, who have explored the area and nearly found El Dorado, all the time making his case for the English to take their chance and conquer this area. Now there's a lot of rumours and half-heard tales here, and this episode begins with another one, with Raleigh telling us about the Amazonian women he's heard of who rule to the south of the Orinoco River. Apparently they're cruel and bloodthirsty women who only accompany men once a year, generally in April. The latter half of this episode discusses the attempt by Berreo to find El Dorado. Berreo has already cropped up a few times in this document, being the Spanish captain on the island of Trinidad, from who Raleigh got much of his information. So this is Sir Walter Raleigh's The Discovery of Guyana, Part 7, Amazonian Women, and Berreo's Search for El Dorado. I made inquiry amongst the most ancient and best travelled of the Orinocoponi, and I had knowledge of all the rivers between Orinoki and Amazons, and was very desirous to understand the truth of those warlike women, because of some it is believed, of others not. And though I digress from my purpose, yet I will set down that which hath been delivered me for truth of those women. And I spake with a cacique or lord of people, that told me he had been in the river and beyond it also. The nations of these women are on the south side of the river in the provinces of Topago, and their chiefest strengths and retracts are in the islands situate on the south side of the entrance, some sixty leagues within the mouth of the said river. The memories of the like women are very ancient as well in Africa as in Asia. In Africa, those that had Medusa for queen others in Scythia, near the rivers of Tanais and Thermodon. We find also that Lampedo and Moethesia were queens of the Amazons. In many histories they are verified to have been, and in diverse ages and provinces. But they which are not far from Guyana do accompany with men but once in a year, and for the time of one month, which I gather by their relations to be in April. And that time all kings of the borders assemble, and queens of the Amazons. And after the queens have chosen, the rest cast lots for their valentines. This one month they feast, dance, and drink of their wines in abundance, and the moon being done, they all depart to their own provinces. They are said to be very cruel and bloodthirsty, especially to such as offer to invade their territories. These Amazons have likewise great store of these plates of gold, which they recover by exchange chiefly for a kind of green stones, which the Spaniards call piedras y jadas, which we use for spleen stones, stones reduced to powder and taken internally to cure maladies of the spleen. 
and for the disease of the stone we also esteem them. Of these I saw diverse in Guyana, and commonly every king or cacique hath one, which their wives, for the most part, wear, and they esteem them as great jewels. But to return to the enterprise of Berreo, who, as I have said, departed from Nuevo Reino with seven hundred horse, besides the provisions above rehearsed. He descended by the river called Casana, which riseth in Nuevo Reino, out of the mountains by the city of Tunja, from which mountain also springeth Pato, both which fall into the great river of Meta, and Meta riseth from a mountain joining to Pamplona, in the same Nuevo Reino de Granada. These, as also Guayari, which issueth out of the mountains by Timana, fall into Barakan, and are but of his heads. For, at their coming together, they lose their names, and Barakan, farther down, is also rebaptized by the name of Orinoki. On the other side of the city and hills of Timana, riseth Rio Grande, which falleth into the sea by Santa Marta. By Casanar first, and so into Meta, Perreo passed, keeping his horsemen on the banks, where the country served them for to march, and where otherwise he was driven to embark them in boats which he builded for the purpose, and so came with the current down the river of Meta, and so into Paracan. After he entered that great and mighty river, he began daily to lose of his companies both men and horse, for it is in many places violently swift, and hath forcible eddies, many sands and diverse islands sharp pointed with rocks. But after one whole year, journeying for the most part by river, and the rest by land, he grew daily to fewer numbers, from both by sickness, and by encountering with the people of those regions through which he travelled. His companies were much wasted, especially by diverse encounters with the Amapayans. Amapaya was Berrio's name for the Orinoco Valley above the Cara River. And in all this time he never could learn of any passage into Guyana, nor any news or fame thereof, until he came to a further border of the said Amapaya, eight days' journey from the river Caroli. The Caroli River, the first great affluent of the Orinoco on the south, about 180 miles from the sea, which was the furthest river that he entered. Among those of Amapaya, Guyana was famous, but few of these people accosted Berreo or would trade with him the first three months of the six which he sojourned there. This Amapaya is also marvellous rich in gold, as both Berreo confessed and those of Guyana with whom I had most conference, and is situate upon Orinoque also. In this country, Berreo lost sixty of his best soldiers and most of all his horse that remained in his former year's travel. But in the end, after diverse encounters with those nations, they grew to peace, and they presented Berrio with ten images of fine gold among diverse other plates and croissants, which, as he swore to me and diverse other gentlemen, were so curiously wrought, as he had not seen the like either in Italy, Spain, or in the Low Countries. And he was resolved that when they came to the hands of the Spanish king, to whom he had sent them by his campmaster, they would appear very admirable especially being wrought by such a nation as had no iron instruments at all, nor any of those helps which our goldsmiths have to work withal. The particular name of the people in Amapaya which gave him these pieces are called Anebas, and the river of Orinoque at that place is about twelve English miles broad, which may be from his outfall into the sea seven hundred or eight hundred miles. This province of Amapaya 
is a very low and marish ground near the river, and by reason of the red water which issueth out in small branches through the fenny and boggy ground, there breed diverse poisonful worms and serpents. And the Spaniards, not suspecting, nor in any sort for knowing the danger, were infected with a grievous kind of flux by drinking thereof, and even the very horses poisoned therewith, insomuch as, at the end of the six months that they abode there, of all their troops there were not left above one hundred and twenty soldiers, and neither horse nor cattle. For Berrio hoped to have found Guyana be one thousand miles nearer than it fell out to be in the end, by means whereof they sustained much want and much hunger, oppressed with grievous diseases and all the miseries that could be imagined. I demanded of those in Guyana that had travelled Amapaya how they lived with that tawny or red water until they travelled thither. And they told me that after the sun was near the middle of the sky, they used to fill their pots and pitchers with that water, but either before that time or towards the setting of the sun it was dangerous to drink of, and in the night strong poison. I learned also of diverse other rivers of that nature among them, which were also, while the sun was in the meridian, very safe to drink, and in the morning, evening and night, wonderful, dangerous and infective. From this province, Berrio hastened away as soon as the spring and beginning of summer appeared, and sought his entrance on the borders of Orinoque on the south side. But there ran a ledge of so high and impassable mountains, as he was not able by any means to march over them, continuing from the East Sea into which Orinoque falleth, even to Quito in Peru. Neither had he any means to carry victual or munition over those craggy, high and fast hills, being all woody, and those so thick and spiny, and so full of prickles, thorns and briars, as it is impossible to creep through them. He had also neither friendship among the people, nor any interpreter to persuade or treat with them, and more, to his disadvantage, the caciques and kings of Amapaya had given knowledge of his purpose to the Guyanans, and that he sought to sack and conquer the empire for the hope of their so great abundance and quantities of gold. He passed by the mouths of many great rivers which fell into Orinoque, both from the north and south, which I forbear to name for tediousness, and because they are more pleasing in describing than reading. Berreo affirmed that there fell an hundred rivers into Orinoque from the north and south, whereof the least was as big as Rio Grande, the Magdalena, that passed between Popayan and Nuevo Reino de Granada, Rio Grande being esteemed one of the renowned rivers in all the West Indies, and numbered among the great rivers of the world. But he knew not the names of any of these, but Caroli only, neither from what nations they descended, neither to what provinces they led for he had no means to discourse with the inhabitants at any time. But neither was he curious in these things, being utterly unlearned, and not knowing the east from the west. But of all these I got some knowledge, and of many more, partly by my own travel, and the rest by conference. Of some I learned one, of others the rest, having with me an Indian that spake many languages, and that of Guyana, the Carib, naturally. I sought out all the aged men, and such as were great as travellers. And by the one and the other I came to understand the situations, the rivers, the kingdoms from the East Sea to the borders of Peru, and from Orinoque southward as far as Amazons or Maranon, and the regions of Marinatambal, north coasts of Brazil, and of all the kings of provinces and captains of towns and villages, how they stood in terms of peace and war, and which were friends or enemies the one with the other 
without which there can be neither entrance nor conquest in those parts, nor elsewhere. For, by the dissension between Guascar and Atabalipa, Pizarro conquered Peru, and by the hatred that the Tlaxcalians bear to Moctezuma, Cortes was victorious over Mexico, without which both the one and the other had failed of their enterprise, and of the great honour and riches which they attained unto. Now, Berrio began to grow into despair, and looked for no other success than his predecessor in this enterprise, until such time as he arrived at the province of Emeria, towards the east sea and mouth of the river, where he found a nation of people very favourable, and the country full of all manner of victual. The king of this land is called Carapana, a man very wise, subtle, and of great experience, being little less than an hundred years old. In his youth, he was sent by his father into the island of Trinidad, by reason of civil war among themselves, and was bred at a village in that island called Perico. At that place in his youth he had seen many Christians, both French and Spanish, and went diverse times with the Indians of Trinidad to Margarita and Cumana in the West Indies, for both those places had ever been relieved with victual from Trinidad. By reason whereof, he grew of more understanding, and noted the difference of the nations, comparing the strength and arms of his country with those of the Christians, and ever after, temporised, so as whoever else did amiss, or was wasted by contention, Carapana kept himself and his country in quiet and plenty. He also held peace with the Caribs or cannibals, his neighbours, and had free trade with all nations, whosoever else had war. Here, Raleigh tells us about those rumours of Amazonian women, and he also gives us an account of Berrio's failed expedition to find Guyana. In the middle of it all, however, Raleigh cannot help but go on a few tangents, telling us of the importance of being able to map out the region in order to be able to conquer it, insisting that there is wealth everywhere in this province. Throughout it all, he is making his case to the Queen of England that the English should conquer this area. Now, despite all the tangents, as this episode ends, we still leave Berrio on his journey. And as the next episode begins, we will hear more about that journey and about more details that Berrio gave Raleigh before he set off on his own expedition. Please, before moving on, don't forget to give the episode a like and subscribe if you haven't already. Thanks everyone for listening, I hope you've enjoyed this episode. This was Sir Walter Raleigh's The Discovery of Guyana, Part 7, Amazonian Women, and Berrio's Search for El Dorado. Goodbye.